Hi, this is Jovi. This is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, crime Stories. Stories. This is a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. All night long. What's up, Jovi? Not much. Same shit, different day. Mm-hmm. Enjoying mm-hmm. the little bit of chilly weather that we're having right now. It's actually wonderful. Yeah, relatively chilly. Yeah. Considered where we are. Yeah. And the little bit of rain that we're getting that we need desperately. Yeah. 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 It's it's much much appreciated. How mm-hmm. are you doing, Charlie? I'm not doing great. We don't even have to go into it. I was just bitching at Jovi before we yeah. started recording about all the shitty things that are happening. So I'm not doing great, but I'm happy to be here. Yes. Well, we're happy yeah. that you are here. Thanks. So this is this is a safe space. This is yes. a happy space. Yeah. So think yeah. happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Let's talk about crying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. About that. You watching, reading, listening to anything new? I have recently watched something, but I'm going to hold off to talk about it until next week's episode because okay. my story that I'm doing for next week, uh-huh. it revolves around what I've been watching. Oh, okay. So I'm going to hold I'm going to hold off to talk about that. But other than what I binged all weekend, mm-hmm. uh no, really not anything new. I don't I don't have the time. Mm. Don't have the time. How about yourself? <laughs> Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, it's a little yeah. bit of the same thing. Yeah. It's it's like the weekend gets here and we've been trying to at least do some at least one thing a weekend to mm-hmm. be active and not be slumps on a couch. And it's all fun and good and we're having fun, but it's just like I kind of miss not doing anything weekends. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> at the I do same like time my slump weekends yeah uh-huh. it's great no. it really mm-hmm. is um so yeah no i haven't been watching anything listening nothing i mean now that after the cruise and after being sick for what felt like forever and i'm back in the office i've been catching up with my favorite murder and i'm 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 only a couple months behind now so that's exciting nice, nice. yeah yeah, I'm up to date week to week with that, which is fun. But it's it's good because I have like at least one podcast per day that gets released. Nice. Um, whether it's a true crime podcast or, you know, just one that I listen to. I listen to a lot of like rewatch podcasts and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So at least once a day I have something new that open that comes out. So like every day I have something that I listen on the way to and from work, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cool. But uh, I do have a true crime headline. Ooh, yeah. Please share. All right. This is kind of an update from a true crime headline I did a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from people.com. It was published uh, today, which is the 12th of April. And the headline is, two Americans who survived the kidnapping by a Mexican cartel detail their harrowing experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the two survivors from that cartel kidnapping that I talked about a few weeks ago were actually on CNN's Anderson Cooper, Mm -hmm. Cooper 360, and talked about their experience, you know, kind of exactly what happened when they were down in Mexico. Um, And it was uh, March 3rd was when everything kind of went down. Uh, But yeah, the article kind of breaks down the conversation they have with Anderson Cooper. There is video of it as well. I'm sure you can probably find it online, the full interview. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to update that uh, the two of them had appeared on Anderson 
360 and spoke a little bit about their ordeal. So yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. It, it It's very interesting. So definitely recommend uh, checking that out to kind of see uh, a little bit more information about what, what happened that during that period. All so, right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely want to check that out because mm-hmm. yeah, that was fucking crazy. And it's so that sad that that happened. Very much so. I think the thing that like weirded me out the most is the fact that the cartel seemed to have like a PR guy who's like, we'd like to apologize (laughs) for the mistaken identity of the people we kidnapped. It's like, that's weird. That's just weird to me. That's weird to me. That is weird. Agreed. Yeah. So that's the only uh, little true crime headline update that I wanted to send out to all y'all. All right. Well, thank you for that. Appreciate it. I have to check it out. So Jovi, yeah, it's your turn tonight. You're going to tell us a true uh, a bed crime story. You haven't bed crime story us in a while. I have not, and it mm-hmm. I do have a story for you guys tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally decided to become unlazy, and well, no, that's mm-hmm. not true. That's not true. I finally found the time <laughs> mm-hmm. to write a story. And what's funny is that I started one story. I was not a fan of it, so mm. I kind of. I didn't toss it. I kind of just put it to the side to eventually to revisit. Um, and right. I started a different one because that's how I roll. Yeah, man. So tonight I am going to be doing a story from our home state of New Jersey. What? what? Yeah. Jersey, and I don't think I, I don't think I've personally done a New Jersey story yet. I know you have mm-hmm. Charlie. Mm-hmm. I know you've done a couple, a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least two that I could yeah, think of. Two off. that I can think of off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight I am going to be doing the pizza murders, which okay. is the murders of Jeremy Gio- G or <laughs> Giordano. Thank you. Yes. And <laughs> Giorgio Galleria. The sources for tonight is going to be the New Jersey Herald.com, an article mm-hmm. by Joe Carlson, horrorobsessive.com, article by MD Bastek, mm-hmm. pizza marketplace.com. I mean, there's a website for everything. There really is. Uh, there was no byline on that. And newsweek.com article by T. Trent Gega. Giga. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's one of those last names that has an X at the end. Oh. So I don't know if it's French or like Gigax. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's mm-hmm. Trent. It's by Trent. Mm-hmm. So our story takes place in rural Sussex County, New Jersey, which is the type of area that most would consider to be safe. It is mostly populated by all types of farms and houses that look abandoned, but there are areas where there's strip malls and small communities and the locals tend to call it quiet and sleepy. Mm -hmm. So to say what happened next shook the area to its core. Tony's pizza and pasta in Hardyston, New Jersey received a call on Saturday night, April 19th, 1997. The, Mm -hmm. the The caller ordered two pizzas to be delivered to 196 Scott road in nearby Franklin, New Jersey. Tony's was not the only pizzeria that was called that night in an attempt to have pizza delivered to the Scott Road address. It would actually 
uh, come to be later known during the trial that the caller actually tried to call other local pizzerias to have the mm-hmm. pies delivered, but they had refused to deliver to that address. One said because um, the caller wasn't able to provide a home phone number. Mm. And the other stated that it was just the caller was just very vague about the address and mm. about the house and just it was weird. Um, and then the other two just didn't offer delivery service. Gotcha. When Tony's was initially called, they were hung up on um, because the caller actually learned that an employee by the name of Jeremy Giordano, who was 22, was working that night and he was acquaintances with one of the killers. So he didn't mm. he didn't want to go. He didn't want to use that because he knew Jeremy. Um, and when he and when that one of the killers was a kid, he used to go there. So it was like sentimental meaning to him. And he just he didn't want to mm-hmm. do it. But however, because none of the other pizzerias would make the delivery, they wound up calling back, placed the order for two cheese pizzas and gave the Scott Road address. The owner, Giorgio Galleria, who was 24, had a very uneasy feeling about sending Jeremy out to do the delivery on his own. So he took the ride with him. I want to know what the fuck was said on the phone that everybody found the conversation so sketch. Agreed. Agreed. Like, what was this? Con- uh, bring me a pizza. It's I know. Like, what the- I don't understand what had to have been said over the phone that ca- that raised this many red flags. Right. And I mean, honestly, especially if they're locals, they probably knew that that area was very abandoned Not like great. yeah because mm-hmm. um the pic there's gonna be a picture i'm gonna have posted on our instagram of the house itself and there's like nothing around it mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if they knew that it was very like well that's weird is this a prank yeah, kind of a I thing guess. so that's that's how i thought of it anyway yes okay stew did i ride with him okay so the two left tony's around 10 30 p.m on that saturday night april 19th and they made the two mile drive to scott road as they pulled up to the house, Jason Vreeland, 17, and Thomas Koskovich, 18, were waiting outside. Giorgio, who was in the passenger seat, rolled down his window and asked for the $16.50 that was due for the two pizzas. Oh, remember when pizza was that cheap? You're lucky if you get one pizza for $16.50 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this day and age. <laughs> Now, according to reports, Koskovich turned to his right, looked at Vreeland, and asked him if he had money, to which Vreeland answered, yeah, but then he was like, no, 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 I got the money. So he reached into his right jacket pocket. He pulled out a forty-five caliber semi-automatic pistol, aimed it at Jeremy's car, and fired seven shots in rapid succession. Vreeland also fired, pulled out and fired his 22 caliber revolver into the car. The two teenagers then pulled both Jeremy and Giorgio's bodies out of the car and left them on the ground with the two pizzas next to them and fled the scene. So the motive was literally to murder people. Mm-hmm. That was the motive. Yep. It was just to kill someone. Yeah. I'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. I'll get into Go that. Ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, it was actually later determined that Koskovich fired the fatal 45 caliber bullet that claimed Giorgio's life and Vreeland killed Jeremy with a single 22 bullet to the back of the head. Mm. And like what gets me is they were so young. All four of them were so young. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's senseless. It's absolutely fucking senseless. Now, on the way, after doing what they did, they left. And on their way to Koskovich house, he and Breland stopped in front of a church in Franklin where they got out of the car, made the sign of the cross, and continued on their way. Like, oh, are you okay. seriously? Like, seriously. The fuck. Okay. I, I can't. Once they arrived at the house, Koskovich put the guns and bloody clothes in a bag and placed it under a pane of glass outside of his house. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. I know. Now, I'm going. what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of Tarantino this a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're going to go back in time. So 11 days prior to the killings, um, on April 8th, 1997, Koskovich broke into Adventure Sports, which is a store specializing in hunting, fishing, and camping supplies, including firearms. So kind of like a Dick Sporting Goods kind of mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. kind of an establishment. Ba- yeah, Bass Pro Shop type of vibes. Yeah. Got it. It was later determined that because of the store's faulty alarm system, he was able to steal a 22 caliber revolver, 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol and a 40 caliber semi-automatic pistol. So two pistols and a revolver. So now out of those three guns that he stole, two of them were used in these killings. And he had a friend of his, Michael Conklin, who was 19, waiting outside in a getaway car. So he had this all fucking planned out. Yeah, not exactly uh seat of the pants type of a crime no no this wasn't random at all it was absolutely planned out now according to vreeland the original plan was for koskovich and vreeland to sell the guns to buy cocaine and then sell said cocaine i know jesus and then the original plan was also to rob two pizza delivery people and also include conklin now once Koskovich started talking about murder Conklin didn't want any part of it he was like nah I'm out see smart 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 not so smart with being the getaway car but you know what that's not that's not murder so no no it's not at least he had somewhat of a brain Mm-hmm. Uh, Vreeland recalled a conversation between Conklin and Koskovich Conklin asked Koskovich why pizza delivery men and then Conklin Koskovich replied, they're easy targets. I just want to kill someone for the thrill of it. That's so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So you were a thousand percent correct when you said earlier, it's just for just because the motive was literally murder. Yeah. And it was, I don't, it's almost as it's like the laziest murder ever, too, because I don't want to actually go to them. I want them to come to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. On April 19th, Koskovich strapped the stolen 45 caliber um, semi-automatic pistol to his chest underneath the shirt, and Vrela did the same with the 22 caliber revolver on his chest. They also copied several telephone numbers for the local pizzerias from the telephone book onto a piece of paper and obtained change from Koskovich's girlfriend, Kimberly Prestige. It's a name. Yeah. Or Pres- yeah, Prestige. That is a name. It's a name. Prestige Worldwide. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, that sounds, it sounds fake. It does. That's why I reread it. I'm I like, don't no, think that's not yeah. right. No. That's weird. It is okay. weird. It is weird. Kimberly Prestige. Yeah. All right. I mean, okay. fancy, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Prestige. <laughs> 
the pair then located an abandoned house on Scott Road where they decided they would have the pieces delivered to lure their victims, followed by a visit to a local Dunkin' Donuts to use a payphone and call for delivery of said two pizzas. Jesus. Now, surveillance footage and witnesses place the two of them at the payphone around 10 p.m. that night, which corro- corroborates the fact that, you know, uh-huh. um, both uh, Jeremy and Giorgio left the pizzeria at about 1030. So right. it makes sense. Yeah. Correct. All right. So now we're going to fast forward again. We're going to go to the day after the killings, <laughs> April mm-hmm. 20th. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. So now day after the killings, April 20th, 1997. After hearing about the killings, Koskovich's friend, Christine Slater, called police and told them that the day before he had disclosed to her that he wanted to kill a pizza pizza delivery person. And a resident of Scott Road also called police after he recognized Koskovich's vehicle as one that had been on Scott Road the night before. Koskovich and Freeland were arrested on April 21st, 1997. So it didn't take them long. No. At all. No, no. That was fast. Very fast. Police obtained the guns, uh, Giorgio's wallet, and a gym bag containing the bloodstained clothes from Koskovich, Koskovich's home, which, okay. remember, he hid under the glass pane. Uh-huh. After their arrests. Which, again, also, like, what the fuck? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. After their arrest, Koskovich admitted to police that he took that he took part in the crime and Vreeland told officers that he shot at the dashboard of the vehicle to prove he, quote, was a friend of Koskovich and that he, quote, didn't want to kill anybody. That doesn't make any sense at all. None, none, none whatsoever. If you didn't want to kill anybody and you didn't want to do anybody harm, nobody held a gun to your head saying to shoot the gun. You could have just put the gun down and stepped away, you know? Correct. Bullshit. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Thomas Koskovich was found guilty on April 23rd, 1999 of two counts of murder and one count of robbery after a two-week trial in Newton, during which the state presented overwhelming evidence of the defendant's guilt, according to the state Supreme Court, which in 2001 upheld his conviction. Mm. Uh, he was actually initially sentenced to death on May 7th, 1999, but the sentence was overturned by the state Supreme Court's 2001 decision and changed to life in prison in 2002 after a Morris County jury uh, could not agree that Koskovich should be sentenced to death. So interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Jason Vreeland was convicted on December 22nd, 1999 of purposeful or knowing murder of Giorgio Galleria, felony murder of Giorgio, aggravated manslaughter of Jeremy Giordano, first degree robbery, second degree burglary, conspiracy, possession of a firearm for an unlawful purpose and possession of the firearm without a permit. So this is like the literal definition of through the book at them. Yes. Yes. Wow. Anything that they could have, that they could get them for, they did. They just it. racked up the charges. Correct. You know, you know. Correct. Couldn't have, couldn't have happened to a better guy. No, you know exactly. 
The state did not seek the death penalty for him because he was a minor at the time of the killings. He was only 17. He Fuck. was instead sentenced to life in prison on February 25th of 2000. And now wow. both Freeland and Koskovich are currently in New Jersey state prison in Trenton. Wow. Um, Vreeland is not up for parole until October 18th of 2044. And Koskovich will yeah. have his turn on October 20th 2072 when he is oh. 94 years old yeah he's probably gonna be dead um a little bit <laughs> he's probably he's probably gonna be dead a little bit a little bit so okay he was set when 1997 the crime happened yep he's literally the same age as my sister yeah wow yeah it's fucking Fuck. insane it's insane um there wow. now there wasn't very much about the victims but i do want to give the little bit of information that i do have about them mm, yes please so jeremy Gier, <laughs> why can't i say his like i'm italian and i can't yeah. say his last name and it's like it's basically smith in italian i know Giordano. yeah <laughs> huh, i'm sorry i'm sorry jeremy and jeremy's family <laughs> i i truly am Jeremy Giordano, born January 5th, 1975, was the child of Joseph and Loretta. He graduated from Wallkill Valley High School in 1994 and was on the school's wrestling team. Mm. Jeremy was a hard worker and he was known to take care of his family in any way that he possibly could. His father recalled that he didn't do well in school, but he tried his best and he never gave up. He would, When he set his mind to accomplish something, he did it. Kid. Yeah. Giorgio Galleria was a graduate, a graduate, was a graduate of High Point High School, and he started mm. working at Tony's Pizza and Pasta in 1988. He saved up Shit. money and bought the restaurant from the owner when he was 21 in 1993. Dang. How good for him. Right? How fucking impressive is that? Wow. Good for him. He and his girlfriend, Lara Pierce, had a daughter, Caitlin, born shortly after he bought the restaurant. Giorgio also loved camping. At the time of his murder, Caitlin was four years old. On the night of the murders, he and Lara had plans to go camping. She waited in Tony's parking lot for him, and he never returned. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That I know. I read that and I was like, I, I just got chills again. I was no. like, that is terrible. That is Mm-mm. fucking awful. And like, no. I do. I feel terrible for, for both both of them. That's too sad. I am in too bad of a mood to have listened to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was sad. I'm it's sorry. Okay. That was sad. I'm sorry. Oh. But yeah, those are, that's the story of the pizza murders. Like I said, it, it's, it's not long, but no. I felt like it needed to, to be shared, especially for um for jeremy and giorgio just i mm. when i was reading this i was like are you kidding all they were doing was their job that's that's the sad part yeah and giorgio he and it, it said in one of the articles i was reading that he never turned down delivery because he wanted everybody yeah. to be able to have pizza to be able to have good yeah. food so yeah he was just doing it so to make other people happy and to grow his business and this yeah. is the thanks he gets you know well, I was like, I don't know if you ever watched, it's on Netflix, um, really good documentary on Netflix, uh, Ma- Mastermind, fuck. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Mother puss. 
Did you say so mother pus? I said mother pus. Oh. My mom always, my mom used to always say mother pus buckets, which is disgusting. By the way, it's fucking gross. <laughs> but it just it like always stuck in my head. But I just usually say mother pus, which is actually also really kind of gross. Kind of, yeah. But really, anything with pus is pretty disgusting. Agreed. So agreed. Okay, where the fuck? How do I search on? Oh, here we go. Oh no, maybe it is evil genius. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, kind, kind of. of maybe, right? It's not exactly wrong. Evil Genius, the true story of America's most diabolical bank heist. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So this guy, and this is a true story, FYI, and also watch with caution because they show a person actually die on television. Oh. Um, but basically what, what happened, these people <laughs> called a pizza delivery guy. He showed up at their house. They strapped a collar bomb <gasps> on him clipped a bomb around his neck collar bomb and sent him to rob a bank no and yes and he robs the bank he leaves and of course then he gets surrounded by like swat and a bomb squat and the whole thing whatever the as he's trying to convince the cops that he wasn't the robber i think he passes the comment of like i just answered the call which oh, is fucking sad as fuck. No. There's also an episode of Bones that kind of like halfway uh copied that. It was like, you know, ripped from the headlines. Oh, they didn't no. do a pizza delivery guy though. They did an electrician. So uh-huh. but like same jazz. Yeah. And also a collar bomb, like same thing. But he was dressed as Santa because it was a Christmas episode. But oh anyway, my God. Um, and it kind of said the same thing of like, I just answered the call. Oh. They the bad people detonated the bomb. Oh. <gasps> And it was on fucking the live news. No! There was a news helicopter, like, showing the negotiation outside of the bank. And it all happened live on TV. And they show it on the Netflix documentary. Shut the fucking front door. So, yeah, like I said, watch with caution because it is obviously incredibly upsetting because, of course, it's real. Like, you can watch Blood and Guts when it's a fake movie. But, like, when it's real, it's really fucking upsetting, you know? It's different. Yes, it hits It's so upsetting. Oh my and God. like the whole thing in the whole documentary is trying to figure out if he actually was in on it. I personally don't think he was, <sighs> but that's what the whole evil genius was. You know, was he actually in on it? Was he, you know, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's a very good documentary. The crime, the whole thing is really fucking upsetting, but yeah, it's that same thing of like, wow. you just went to work. Yeah. You were just doing your fucking job. That's it. That's it that's and that's that's it's it's fucking terrible and you would think being a pizza delivery person you're like oh the most dangerous thing you do is like oh i might get into a car accident or something i might burn myself on some hot ass pizza like what is the the risk correct and i might get a paper cut when i'm pulling the pizza out of the little pizza envelope thing correct and then you hear something like this and you're like oh dude it's fucked up it's fucked up god yep I, I can't i can't yeah. i can't yeah. it, evil genius is very good but it's very upsetting so just be careful okay. and like they'll if you look it up online like it'll tell you exactly the minutes in the show that it happens you can kind of like look away because yeah. they only show it once and then they never show it again yeah but see me sitting here with my morbid curiosity i'm like you gotta watch oh i have no, to i, I have don't to. have to no <laughs> i have to i'll let you know how it I goes know. no i don't have to i don't need to i yeah no i don't need to but yeah, evil genius is all good. Right. But that's really that's really effing sad. And sad. like you said, they were all so young. Yes. Yes. Like all so young. Like 
from just graduating high school literally to like being one of which not even out of high school yet 17 correct and the oldest one was what 22 i think yeah like come on bro at 20 at 22 he had a kid and he owned a fucking pizzeria yeah that's so it's i can't i just Mm -hmm. i hate it i hate i hate that the victims are always good people for the most part for the most part yeah like when it comes to stuff like this like that's why we tell their stories yeah you're right you're right that's why we do what we do this is true this is true but yeah that's that's my uh that's my bad crime story for the week guys it's a good one very sad yeah it was very but a good one thank you thank you welcome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no thank you (laughs) (laughs) oh brother all right guys well thank you so much for listening Mm -hmm. to this episode of bad crime stories Mm -hmm. as always we love you all very much. A lot. We thank lot. you all for listening. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But Elva, Elva, but Elva, Elva. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find us on social media, on Instagram specifically at Bed Crime Stories. You can shoot us an email if you want to to give us a story request. Bed Crime Stories Pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, POD, mm-hmm. short for podcast. <laughs> um, please, wherever you are listening to us, make sure that you like, rate, review, subscribe, and always tell a friend always. about this fantastic podcast that you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like the business side of things that is out the of the way. Side, but yeah. uh, other than that, I want you all to fucking be kind. Be the fucking Band-Aid. Please. And thank you. Yes, very much so. Very (laughs) much so. Like, day after day, it's something fucking new. It's something more depressing than the day before. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I'm I'm, I'm over it. I'm tired of waking up every day and being more and more depressed. I'm tired of waking up every day and hearing what uh, Ron hitler i mean ron desantis is doing to this fucking state and like you know yesterday we went to um our 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 local minor league baseball team we went to their game and i was behind this stupid motherfucker that had a motherfucking flag and of course he was driving a pickup truck i'm sorry Mm. i'm sorry but the flag it said keep florida free and it was Uh. half uh, American flag, half the Florida flag, and in between was Ron DeSantis with a fucking smile. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Florida free of what? Florida free of what? Like, wow. are you serious? You good? No. I, no. No. It's just, I'm sorry. I, I can't, I, know. I cannot stand the shit that he's doing. And I know it's not just him, but because we're here and he's local to us, yeah, I just feel like <sighs> I know. Oh, I know. And now, guys, oh, I, I don't know. do politics. This is not normally not my no. shit. So she really doesn't. <laughs> for me to be this this wound up and this riled up, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, because I try not to, I try not to follow politics or or get too involved because it's upsetting. Yeah, it, it really is. And case in point. Um, but yes, please be kind. Be the smile that everybody needs in the world. Just be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly. Exactly. Just mm-hmm. just do that for us. Please. Please, please, please. Mm-hmm. That's all we ask of you is just be kind. 
Mm-hmm. But other than that, <laughs> we hope that you all have a lovely day, mm-hmm. a lovely evening, whatever time that you are listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk to you guys all next week. But until then, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.